Hi, welcome back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today with us is an old friend, Mary Trump. And uh, Mary, I, you know, let's just jump right in. You need no introduction, and, and let's just jump into the hearings. Um, it, you know, I've sat with you through all of them in, in your podcast. And by the way, give it a plug right here, right now, if you'd like. Uh, it is a very, very, uh, you, it originally called the Mary Trump show. Uh, dun, dun, dun. and you can find it on youtube.com slash Politicon. Uh, and you know, we have two, two episodes a week. I do short videos. And as Brian just mentioned, we've been live streaming all of the hearings and we will continue to do that. It's a blast. Yes, it is. And it's a, a pleasure and honor to be among the people uh, chiming in. But let me just start with uh, yesterday, the, the Tuesday hearing, the surprise witness. Um, and speaking to John Dean today, he told me that it wasn't a John Dean moment. It was an Alexander Butterfield moment, a surprise witness at which everything turned. Now, I ask yeah. you this because this is just asked the question. And having sat with you through these hearings, I know you're a little less than hopeful about, about the outcome. So explain to me what, what you thought of her. Of, I, and we'll name the witness. It was Cassidy Hutchison, who was uh, Mark Meadows' assistant and saw a lot from inside the White House in her testimony yesterday. What did you think? Are you now a little more hopeful? Yeah, it was utterly damning. Yeah. Um, but utterly damning to every single person who was sitting in the White House that day, doom scrolling, hanging out on their couch, whatever, you know, telling her, make sure he doesn't go to the Capitol yeah. building, um, being angry at her because certain messages hadn't gotten conveyed. It's just incredible. This woman was, I think, 23 years old at the time, and she's surrounded by men who have much, much more power. She was like the most junior person there. And they're twice her age, and they're basically leaving it all with her. Uh, so that was one thing that, that stuck out. But I think more importantly, it um, just emphasized how desperately uh, one Mark Meadows needs to be indicted, uh, but um, for contempt of Congress, um, but how desperately we need uh, these people from Meadows on down to testify, preferably in front of a grand jury. Yeah, I agree. And I, it, the one thing I have always, want, I, I, I appreciate your um, candor on, and there are very few with, you know, with solid insights into Donald that talk, openly about Donald. He seems to keep everybody bottled up and not until Michael Cohen was uh, facing prison did he testify for Congress about the reality. But he did right. warn us then that he didn't think Donald Trump would go gentle into that good night if he lost the election. And he accused the uh, Republicans of doing what he did for 10 years. And that was 
uh, pandering to the Donald's needs. How, how in any, I don't know. That's the one thing that escapes me is how he manages to do that. And <laughs> yeah, uh, it is mystifying because he's so awful. Um, and he's so full but... of shit. He's so, I mean, don't you see it coming? <laughs> one, of, one of the things about these hearings um, that is troubling is everybody who testified knew who this person was. They'd seen him throwing plates. They'd seen him ripping tablecloths covered with plates and food off of the table. Um, they've seen him have temper tantrums. They've seen him not doing his job. Uh, and then at the end, they've seen him fomenting a riot of, you know, full of people packing heat. Uh, yeah, which he and he knew they were packing heat. He wanted them to be doing. He, okay. he knew they were packing heat. He let them go. He encouraged them to go. And they, yet, they, aren't going, they aren't there to hurt me, he said. Like, I mean, and I'm the effing president. And I got to tell you, that it, what really kills me is the, I, well, throwing food at the wall. I heard him yell often enough times at the White House. And I was two, three walls away from him. And I could still hear him bellowing. So I knew he was capable of, of outbursts of, you know, like toddler-like tantrums. But it to you know to hear him do that on January sixth, and <laughs> to demand to go to the <laughs> to the insurrection to lead it, I, I that was uh, something I never thought I'd write as a reporter. Yeah, I I actually I confess I I didn't think when he said we're going to go to the Capitol, I didn't think he meant he was going to go. Um, yeah, I did not realize that that was his plan. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to walk for sure. Well, but, yeah, if they had forced him to walk, this would have never been a, an issue because he ain't exactly. walking anywhere. Like you but, said yesterday, if he had a golf cart, maybe. <laughs> right. But part, part of it, though, is because I couldn't figure, like, what was he going to do there? Um, right. Like, it just didn't make any sense. Like, he was already preaching to them. Um, so what and he riled them up enough. He knew they were armed. We now know. So, I, yeah, I'm not that that's and i'm not sure if his being there would have made th i mean they would have made things worse in the sense that that would have been a constitutional crisis right there yes i don't know that they it would have made the violence worse so like seriously was he gonna stand at the top of the steps screaming at them and let them stream in beside him to do his bidding yeah maybe he thought he was i don't know it's just so weird to me but well, I, I like I said, I just imagine him walking in with the American flag and waving it. Actually, it would be a Trump flag. He'd I'll come in it. waving that. Yeah. And uh, um, but <laughs> were you? Well, how did you can now? She's the same age as my youngest son, so I, I watched her testify, and I was like, you know, as a parent, I, I would be very proud if my son acted as she did under oath and in front of all those cameras. And terrified, but yes, proud. Yeah, yeah, but but she acted more adult than your uncle has at any point when the I've low known bar. Him. She yeah. acted like more of an adult than anybody else in the executive branch. Come on. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and more integrity, but that's also a very low bar. That bar is at the molding core of earth. Uh, well, I, you know, I used to walk into the Trump 
White House and I would go every day. You know, it can't get any worse than it was the day before. And every damn day I was wrong. And I think that's because with Donald Trump, there is no low bar. It's you can't go low enough. However low you go, he'll go lower. And I mean, I think it was absolutely it was weird to me that before the election that anybody thought if he lost, he would concede that anybody thought he would go to the inauguration. And that was the other thing about um, that. I don't understand. I understand that Donald has charisma. I get that. I, I, I don't, but I'll concede it. I'll concede it. I, it's not to me. It's lost on me. No, of course, of (laughs) course. But listen, nobody can get people to behave the way his uh, rally goers behave if he didn't have something, right? What I fail to understand is when they're in close proximity to him month after month after month and they see his egregious behavior, they still like have some expectation that there's this better person there. And I think it was Cassidy Hutchinson who uh, in, in videotape testimony a couple of hearings ago was shocked when told that Mike Pence was being threatened with hanging Donald, instead of calming things down through gasoline on the farm, like and said, basically he deserved it. But but like, that's not the surprise would have been if he'd posted something that said, Hey, Mike Pence is a great guy. Leave him alone. That would have been shocking. Yeah. Well, I've never known him to do anything adult like, but You speak to something that I, I wonder if the country, I mean, your proximity to him, um, everyone I've known who has been in close proximity to him talks about his charisma. And I have noticed, and correct me if I'm wrong, from from these uh, hearings, I did discern something that I noticed in passing in the White House from him, but now connecting the dots, it makes sense. He has like a three-step process, it appears, in trying to coerce you to do his will and do his bidding. First, he like with Mike Pence, he walked up and said, yeah, it, you know, there's no power in the class, but wouldn't it be cool if it were? So he makes yeah. that juvenile appeal. And then mm-hmm. after that fails, he tries to negotiate. And he goes, no, 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 really, you do have it. You know, Mike, go ahead and do it. And w- then when that fails, then he threatens you. You know, we can't be friends anymore. Like he's Val Kilmer in Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> Is that does that make sense to you? Does that it, yeah it, yeah? But that that's only if he needs something from you, right? That he thinks he should have, right? right. Um, in this is just an anecdote, a personal anecdote, um, to illustrate a couple of ways in which he tries to draw people in because he's so desperate. Like he has to be the center of the universe. He needs everybody to like him. To that uh, point, I White think House. he loves these hearings. To that point, he loves being on the headlines, I think. Oh, Some- oh absolutely. Yeah, his, yeah. The more his name is mentioned, doesn't my grandfather used to say this all the time, there's no such thing as bad news. I think Donald is going to fuck around and find out that that's actually not true. But, you know, the as long dope. as his name is being mentioned, <laughs> that's fine. Um, so I was at the, we were at the White House. My aunts were both celebrating their birthdays uh 75 and 80 and um it was just sort of immediate family and uh, i was invited and i i went because at the time i was still close with my Marian. and um i was hanging back i got you know i hadn't seen most of them in 10 years and i was very uncomfortable so 
I didn't actually say hi to Donald. You know, we toured, went to the Oval Office and we looked around, walked around. I didn't actually see him until we were going to the dining room and he was standing at the doorway and um, I was the last person to come in and he, he looked at me and he did that. And he said, I specifically asked for you to be here. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. But that's the kind of thing he does. Right. And, <laughs> and sometimes it's just like a micro concession. You walk on. Especially his asked and, to be here. Who are you? <laughs> exactly. It's like, no, you didn't, but it's kind of charming that he actually made the effort, right? Right. If you don't understand what it means. And sometimes it's just like he makes so what people does it make mean? micro concessions. You walk on his plane and he says, isn't this great? And you don't want to be rude. You know, you might right. be thinking, who cares? It Seriously, what's or it's hideous. I don't know. But you don't want to be rude. So you say, yeah, Donald, it's great. And, and that's then you're the beginning kind of, of the grift. Yeah, that's the beginning of the grift. Isn't it nice? Yeah. Well, you said it was nice. <laughs> that's right. Come on, relax. Let's go murder a few people. Not a big deal. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, I, I see it. That's absolutely what's happening. Yeah, and, and so when Cohen said, you guys are doing what I did for 10 years, he wasn't lying there. I mean, they have kissed his bottom. I, I think that Jim Jordan may be headed for... There's a hint that there's more tying him to this than than we've been led on to know. And I think, you know, I have talked about this previously, but I definitely think that after what we've seen so far, Cipollone has to be the next one to step up. Meadows it might be facing charges, or at least we all got to find out what's on his damn cell phone. <laughs> he was sitting there. He, he's scrolling. There's rioters and they're killing people. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm playing Angry Birds. Get, I want to know who he was talking to. Yes. In the well, limo for 20 minutes. And that's probably uh, if I were. Yeah, that would be a great thing to find out. I would like to find there's a lot of information. I, I would love to find out that we don't know yet. And I think it hints at uh, um, a, a great depth to which this uh, committee has has gone to try and find out what's going on. I think but it's I, the tip of the iceberg, Brian. I really do. I do, too. I really do. I think that. You know, I had the the question we all had before these started was, what's the Justice Department going to do, right? And yeah. it's obvious after they threw Jeffrey Clark in his front yard on in his PJs and raided uh, John Eastman's phone that they have an ongoing. There is a a, in, a grand jury impaneled somewhere that granted the subpoenas, and that's they're going for indictments. And those two people that have uh, been, you know, turned over first, I think they're the ones. <laughs> that will uh, be charged first and we'll see if they flip. Jeffrey Clark was a, as much a, a person in the room as was um, uh, Hutchinson. And he has mm -hmm. a greater standing than she. Um, yeah, but, you know who else was in the room more than uh, she was? Mike Pence. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's he's why. He's a hero. They, everybody says he's a hero. Bullshit. I, 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 yeah. I'm job. You know, what bothers me, and I, you know, we touched on that. I'm proud of that young woman coming forward. I wish yeah. she had stepped forward sooner, but it, I, I think it would be tough. And we don't know what layers, you know, what she had to go through. But she did, when subpoenaed, show up and testify. Yep. And that puts her ahead of the vice president of the United States, the White House counsel, Mike Flynn, Steve, ben, everybody, everybody yep. in that Trump sphere that backed away yep. and all the congressmen who wouldn't show up. And the Republicans 
who wouldn't be involved in this process. And right. that is, to me, just very telling that maybe the geriatric crowd ought to sit down and let some younger adults who act more adult take over. <laughs> yeah, which, which is why also we need to indict the entire Republican Party. Uh, you know, this wasn't just a handful of people in uh, the West Wing. Right. Um, and I'm also like, I'm waiting for people to play hardball. Uh, Congress can, if they don't show up, they don't show up. They can refer to, um, they can refer to the DOJ, uh, which they did, have done a couple of times for contempt of Congress. And if the DOJ doesn't do anything, they, nothing happens. But I'm, I want people's law licenses revoked. Why, oh, do why does a lawyer, why is a lawyer allowed to um, refuse to comply with a legally submitted subpoena right. and keep his law license. Or, or stay in jail. That wouldn't happen to us. <laughs> Hold that thought for a right. second. We've got a break for a real commercial message, you know, to pay the bills and all that stuff. So sit tight. We'll be right back. It's Just Ask the Question. I'm your host, Brian Caraman. With us today is Mary Trump. We'll be right back. In this modern age of misinformation and deceit, Just Ask the Questions newsletter cuts through the BS and gets to the truth. With Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not released anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash JATQ podcast. Hi, it's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Kierman. With me again is Mary Trump. Mary, we were talking before the break about uh, <laughs> uh, the, the wonderful world of Donald Trump. And I, I want to go back to, you know, a couple of things that I thought, uh, look, at you, you had mentioned indicting the whole Republican Party, but there are some Republicans that have stepped up and done the right thing. And they should be lauded for their effort, I think, uh, very few of them. But otherwise, I would say, yeah, there's there's a huge amount of Republicans complicit, including and especially those eight Republicans that are nine or how many other of them asked for a pardon. And in Matt Gates's case, before the insurrection, he, he wanted one that would go back to the beginning of time. Until <laughs> his conception, I'm yeah. guessing, which was apparently, according to the Supreme Court, when he became a full human, human being. being. Well, I, I oh, firmly yeah. believe um, that human human life begins at ejaculation, and therefore there should be mandatory vasectomies. Details at eleven, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I when I say indict the entire party, I I'm talking about elected Republicans, and as yes. far as I can tell, only ten in the House voted to uh, impeach. Only two. Um, on the willing. second time, not the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Sorry, yeah. good clarification. No, that's, that's your yes. They they didn't hang around for the first one, but you're right about the second one. And um, how many does it? A hundred and fifty Republicans voted not to certify the election. Ten senators. These are active seditionists. I don't really care. I mean, I listen. I the the Republicans who cooperated from the Justice Department, from uh, the White House. That's I'm happy that they're doing that. I, they're, they, 
they're not heroes either because why didn't they say something in real time when it could have made a difference? Where were they during the second impeachment? Um, What's his name? The guy with the most bizarre background, the panda and the baseball bat and the Hirschman. (laughs) You know, he represented Donald in the second impeachment. Yeah, he's, what the fuck? <laughs> well, I still can't get past the clubbing the baby seals thing or, or the baby pandas or whatever it is. You know, he's I got that baseball. But, but, but. Very disturbing. Yeah, but all of those people, I think, like Bill Barr, he had, you know, he said the, um, the Department of Justice is not your personal attorney, yet he acted as Donald's personal attorney many times. For it's three, only when his own three ass was in three quarters the years. Yeah. Well, no, no, sorry, because well, there were two other attorneys yeah, yeah. Well, but for long 95% enough, of the time, I, I think right. that he was there until he the very end. the Mueller report. Yeah. He, yeah, yeah, we and, know this. Yes. And so I no, you're right. I don't find any heroes among them, uh, but at least there are not there are some non-active, inactive, not participating in seditionists. There at least there's some that uh, uh, adhere to the rule of law. When called into right. and subpoenaed, they showed up and did their civic duty. Listen, Brian, it's it's the only way this this these hearings would work. Um, right. You know, is if the vast bulk of the witnesses were not just Republicans, but people who really supported Donald and were on his side until they couldn't be. I'm more concerned about elected Republicans who are betraying their oath of office by blowing off legitimate subpoenas from the body in which they serve. It's absolutely Or, or still denying that, that, that there's anything wrong here. And, you know, they're, but, act, they're actively participating in sedition as they do. I, yeah, I would, I, I'm not I a lawyer. Talk, I'm just saying. Well, I mean, we're learning a lot, though, about how these things work. And I think we talked about this. Was the hearing yesterday? Because it seems like that was 400 years ago. <laughs> it, that's, the, that's the thing about Donald Trump. Every day seems like a year. And then at the end of it, you're shot through with a goose. And all of a sudden you're looking at, well, that was five years ago. But it seems right. like that moment just takes forever to get through. But and yes, plus we're COVID. still in that I'm, moment. I'm still in COVID time. Yeah. And what that means is time is meaningless. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway. The hearing was yesterday, shockingly enough, and we talked about this, um, the idea that, or the hope anyway, that the committee is for its grand finale, just going to play tape of what Republicans were saying on January 6th and what they've been saying since then, because it is stunning, the hypocrisy, the anti American anti small D democratic uh, yeah. bullshit that they're slinging. It's really something. Were you have, now looking at the hearing so far? Are you satisfied with the direction they're going? I remember you being very skeptical at the beginning. Um, not, I, I think at the beginning I was just nervous because it's so important. Right. Um, and I was, I didn't quite understand why it taken so long and i i think that's part of i'm not saying that it could be done differently because there are so many witnesses and so much material however in that intervening 17 months that there was an opportunity for the lie to take hold and for the movement to grow uh that you know the election was stolen january 6th wasn't a big deal you know Mm -hmm. so those narratives had a chance to um 
become more embedded. But here we are. I think they're doing brilliantly. Um, so I'm not skeptical. And in fact, I think certainly yesterday's hearing exceeded expectation. Um, so we got you on the hopeful side of the dirt now. Well, what I'm worried about uh, is that the Republicans, Republican leadership is going to use these hearings as an opportunity to divorce themselves from Donald and say, it was just him and people in the executive branch. We had nothing to do with it. Uh, what's his name? Ron DeSantis needs to be the next president. Well, we'll wait and see where, how that goes. I think Abbott and Texas will give him a run. They're both lunatics. <clears throat> yeah. They're 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 Trumpist lunatics. I I think getting rid of Donald Trump is just a start. I think Trumpism is still around. Um, it oh might go God. underground as it was, because I I don't think that Donald Trump actually subscribes to any. I, I mean, you correct me. You know him better than I, I. From what I've seen of him, the man doesn't really have policies. He he'll make deals with people so they'll support him, and their policies become his. So he's a useful fool for the far right. He's a useful uh, Donald Trump, you know, abortion and Donald Trump. Come on. That's I, I he's not going to be one that would want to have to worry about an illegal abortion. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So I, I oh don't God. see him being adherent to any philosophy. The only philosophy I see Donald Trump <laughs> adherent to is, uh, you know, how does he advance his bottom line and what's best for him in any given circumstance? Is that yeah, fair? You're absolutely it's more than fair. And I think on the one hand, that's why Ron DeSantis is more dangerous because he, he is an ideologue. And um, that's why people like Mitch McConnell and uh, mm. other Republican leadership was willing to put up with Donald because he didn't care. He just, he did whatever they told him to do for right. the most part, as long as he for the most money and power. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, you're absolutely right. That brings no me to no yeah, agenda. No, that, that brings me to do you think he'll be indicted for anything ever? Um, right now, and again, as as Congresswoman Cheney said several times in future hearings. So who knows what else is going to come up, and who knows what's going on at DOJ. Um, I don't know about the, the outcome of this here. I don't know if these hearings will, will push anything. However, right now, since we don't have all the facts about January 6th yet, I think that the best opportunity is in Georgia because uh. we all heard him commit the crime. It's just, it's so blatant. We've got Brian Kemp testifying in front of the grand jury. All I need is 11,000 um, votes, my boy. Go get them. Yeah, just, it's just so I mean there's no debating that he broke the law yeah so uh, that is my that's where I'm pinning my hopes right now and as to whether or not he will be obviously I don't know my answer is he needs to be if American democracy is going to survive yes and it's on life support anyway because of the Supreme Court and gerrymandering and the Electoral College and the filibuster but if he's not held accountable then it's over anyway, whether it's yeah. this year or six I years agree. from now. I don't know. 
I would like to see him held accountable for his crimes. I believe they are various and many, and I believe he did an irreparable harm to the U.S. And I think those that mm-hmm. abated, abetted him uh, ought to be serving time as well for the for the whole of the nation to survive. I don't see how you avoid that because the damage is deep and real. And the fact that a 25 year old had to come forward and say something versus people my age who know better. Uh, right. It's it's to me that was. You know, I, I just, there was, you know, I, I remember there was something that Michael Cohen told me once. He said, Brian, uh, you know, I was asking him about paying off Stormy Daniels. And, and he said, well, what if you're, who's your best friend? I said, my wife's my best friend. He goes, well, you have any male friends? I go, yeah, plenty of them. What if one of them came to you and said, uh, hey, you know, I fooled around on my wife and, <clears throat> you know, pay him off for 150 or 300 and I'll pay you back. Don't worry. Would you do it for your friend? I go, uh. Uh, no. <laughs> and he goes, <clears throat> you're a liar. And I go, no, I, I, I really, he goes, well, you're odd. So yeah, you, th- maybe you wouldn't, but others wouldn't. I, I go, that's where I, I finally got an insight into this thinking. They think that everyone thinks like them and that yes. anybody would say, and first of all, I, I can't imagine a real friend of mine asking me to put myself in that bind. I would tell them to go fuck themselves. That's sorry. Right. That's you're not my friend. But I'm not judging him for it either. He said 99% of the people do it. Fine. 99%. I don't care. Doesn't, doesn't matter to me. Nobody's, you know, it's a victimless crime as far as I can see. Just don't lie about it. But at the same time, I, the people who would do it are the ones who condemn those that do. And that's what I find telling about everybody in the Trump. And it, please, you know far better than I do. But it seems like he corrupts people taking them to their worst place and then condemns them for it as well. Well, that, that is, that is a particular skill of his and he doesn't have many, but uh, this is clearly one. And I just want to say really quickly, part of, you know, just part of the problem, part of our problem as a society is that people like Michael Cohen get rehabilitated. If you listen to the things he's, he did before this, you know, he's a, all right. Anyway. Well, what did Elijah Cummings say, though? Elijah Cummings said, if we didn't give people a second chance in this country, then where would this country be? So I do but agree with that. But Brian, think about like that. Oh, I, I don't. His mindset I, is so dangerous. He I still think, has the same mindset, right? Well, don't I get me wrong. I'm grateful he came forward. I'm, you know, I, I, th- I think it's an injustice. He definitely needed to serve the time, but of course, it's entirely unfair that unindicted co-conspirator number one, Donald, didn't. I mean, that's absurd. And then try to I take away First Amendment rights. <laughs> that's I, I I I think Donald uses people, finds their worst extreme, uses them, and then spits them out time after time after time. Right. Well, what he does is yeah, that's the greater danger to me. Yeah. He finds people who are weaker than he is, which is shocking because i he's the weakest person I've ever met in my life. And he exploits those weaknesses. He gets them loyal to the point of sycophancy. And mm-hmm. um, when they stop being, and my grandfather did this. This was absolutely my grandfather's playbook. When they stop being of use to him, he cuts them loose at the slightest hint that they are not, a hundred percent towing the line for him. Yes. Um, 
And, and what's Doug, he was a mob dealer, right? I mean, all those, the emails and the texts, you know, like, I talked to someone, they're looking forward to your testimony. They know you're going to support him. I mean, I, it's he like reads it was, the transcripts. I, I, I like, I, I know you said that and I, and then I joked, I don't, I didn't believe he could actually read, but that's, but <laughs> I know, I know he can, but uh, I still like to think that, you know, he's well. yeah. He, what's that word? B-A-R-I-E-T. Baratai. No, no. Yeah. I, I, he's not reading Faulkner. Let's put it. Yeah, no. <laughs> and I don't know if he could spell Faulkner, but, or even, <laughs> or, or even know what was written by Faulkner. But that being said, I, I do believe that Donald Trump, you're correct, appeals to and and it, it surprised me that how weak is Donald Trump that Mike Pence stood up to him <laughs> on the day of the insurrection and found a real I mean and that's pretty damn weak. That's, but, yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Somebody he thinks is utterly unworthy stands up to him. Somebody he thinks is weak and and should be completely um, emasculated. Give him complete fealty, right? Mm -hmm. Stands up to him because he didn't want to break the law and trigger a constitutional crisis. And look at the overreaction. Look oh, my God. He, I, he was happy to have, he wanted Mike Pence to be hung. Hang he gave, he handed down a death sentence to Mike Pence and people need to talk about it in those terms. Like, you know, the media keep pulling their freaking punches. Well, don't he get me started. You know, my feelings the there. Execution of the vice president of the United States of America. That, that, and isn't that traitorous? every single person in the white house knew that and said nothing. Except a 25 year old woman. Months and months later. later, after she got a new attorney who said, uh, yeah, you need to talk <laughs> because it's always her level that end up spending, you know, a lot of time at Danbury minimum security prison. And so her ability to come forward <laughs> was, was very, it was not only, you know, some say heroic, I say civic duty, whatever, but it was also, uh, there is some self-preservation involved in that. She's the first to come sure. forward. And listen, I'll even go so far as to say courageous. Yeah. Just as I think, even though Mike Pence was doing his job, it was courageous because there was a threat. And I can only imagine the death threats Cassidy Hutchinson is getting. So, yes, it did require a modicum of courage. But yeah, you're right. Doing your civic duty. And, um, you know, it's not my fault or your fault that she decided to uh, be part of that cabal <laughs> up right. until, you know, they they did in her, what was in her view, just something that was disgusting. Despicable and, and, and criminal. Because that's <laughs> the other thing we need to remember. She was all in. Yeah. Well, so was Rusty Bauer. So was uh, Engel. So everybody yeah. that was interviewed at one point in time was all in. That's it's right. only when they said, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> That's illegal. I I don't want to. All right, I I'm all for the, the border stuff, but uh, I'm not getting my ass thrown in, you know, Danbury minimum security prison. And it's or, very similar, right? And we can be grateful that they're doing this um, because a lot of people aren't. And and again, it does take some modicum of guts 
you know, millions of people watching cameras in your face, testifying in front of Congress, knowing that there are death threats waiting for you, probably need to get a security detail. Okay, fine. But it reminds me kind of of Liz Cheney and sort of the hagiography that's going on with her. She is basically, she's doing her job by saying right. that, you know what, armed insurrection against the United States of America is a bridge too far. But she's not a hero because she votes against voting the Voting Rights Act. She votes against the Dreamers. She votes for the muzzle ban. I mean, come on, guys. You know, we've got to stop. We, we're far too quick. The bar is to too low. Exactly. That's exactly. well. And see, that's the argument I have, honestly, with the Biden administration. Every time I walk in, they go, we're the good guys. And Trump was a bad guy. We're better than Trump. Uh, and I go, well, you know. It's not a real hard effort to be better than Donald Trump. You haven't threatened my life and you keep the doors open. You're one to the good side today, but can we aim a little higher than that? I would love to yeah, see. It, yeah, exactly. It's like when people say that, you know, I'm the best Trump. Like, first of all, that's actually not true. That's my, that would be my daughter. Um, but secondly, like that's an insult. Like that's that's meaning that's meaningless. What does that even compare yeah. to that? Wow. Right. I mean, you know. Well, I, I so where do you think? <laughs> hey, now let's you know we could start down that path. Oi! <laughs> I tell you what. On that note, let's take another short break, and we'll be right back. It's just ask a question. I'm your host, Brian Karen, with Mary Trump. We'll be right back. Hey, just ask the question, podcast listeners. If you've got a second, head on over to Twitter and follow our official page, JATQ Podcast. That's JATQ Podcast. Again, that's at JATQ Podcast. Hi, we're back. It's Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today we're talking with Donald Trump's niece, Mary Trump. It sounds so odd, doesn't it? Yeah, I don't. You know what? I think I, I, I think that it's it, it's a meaningless designation at this point. A familial you know, designation, but other DNA than that, aside, it just doesn't yeah. mean anything, right? Well, and well, it it will never mean anything to Donald unless you can do something for him. That's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, he can do something for me though. Yeah, <laughs> and what? Pray tell, what would that be? Hmm. Well, you know. Return my stolen property. That was <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I have heard that before. There was yeah, you have heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that, as we look forward, I, I know that um, <laughs> Norm Eisen said that hearings could have three possible outcomes, and um, Norm's been on the show a few times, and. In fact, he was our first guest. I'll remind everyone he's a great guest, Norm Eisen. Really? Yeah, no, and he's, he, he's great. I've he never is met great. him, but he's great. Fantastic. And he said there's three possible outcomes for these hearings. One is that the needle moves and something is done, and and there are indict indictments brought against you know members of the uh, former Trump administration. The middle ground uh, number two was uh, it moves the needle enough that there's a change in the November elections. 
And then three, the needle doesn't move at all. Now, I don't know that we can assess that it's um, one. I, I definitely think it's not going to be three at this point. I think no we're, we're sitting on two and maybe leaning heavily towards the first best case scenario, according to Norm, which is indictments. I just don't see that this won't end up at the Department of Justice and indictments. But your thoughts? Well, Brian, first of all, I don't know if you saw the poll, but sort of at the beginning of the hearings, 51% of people said they wanted Donald Trump accountable. And then that became 58%. And that was before yesterday. So yes, that's roughly equivalent to the number of people that favor abortion and women's right to choose. Actually, there's there. more of those, but, but it is yeah. a, an overwhelming majority. And that is the most bipartisan issue by far uh, right. voters have. So I, I think they're, I think the abortion decision by the Supreme Court will have will affect those numbers a little bit. I'm not saying that's entirely what it is. I think her testimony yesterday would will lean it even tilted even stronger towards those who want to indict. Absolutely, because it's also really important to remember that the only uh, testimony she gave that's getting any pushback is the only testimony she gave that was secondhand hearsay. Yes. So, it's irrelevant. And by the way, it was also the least important. Well, not the least. The throwing of the dishes was the least important thing. But and obviously uh, assaulting a an officer is serious. But the thing in the limo, in the grand scheme of things, who cares whether it happened well, or not? You know? The important well, point on that. If it didn't, then you could say that people lied to her or misled her. Well, but there's part of that is not in dispute. Those in the Secret Service who say that he didn't lay hands on him or didn't lunge at him also said he did want to go, that he was right. angry and wanted to go. So that's the salient fact that Donald mm -hmm. Trump wanted to join an insurrection and mm -hmm. lead it. And he wanted his <laughs> secret service. I can't write this shit. <laughs> he no, wanted his secret can't. service driver to drive him there. How the movie studio rejects your screenplay because it's so <laughs> fucking absurd. I, I, you cannot write satire this bad or this good. I mean, it's, it's it, I, I don't know what it is at this point. I and and believe you me, after spending four years, like I said at the top of the show, after spending four years around that guy, I could absolutely see him leaning into the driver and going, "Fuck it, I'm I'm the fucking president, buddy. Let's go." Um, yeah. So I don't even know how do you train for that. Where's there a Secret Service class? Where they go? Now, if the president is delusional and going crazy, throat punch him and send him to the back. I mean, there's what are you going to do? But, you know what, though, Brian? It's another instance from everything we've heard. Uh, what was it? Ankle in the uh, in the suburban with him, mm -hmm. and it wasn't yes. the beast. It was the suburban. It was the SUV. Yes. Right, which you can lunge to the steering wheel in a suburban. Well, I've um, seen him sit in the front seat in the limo. So what does it matter? They said he, exactly, you know, he was exactly. there. Exactly, and again, it's the least important part of any of this. But Engel is like totally in the tank for him. Yeah. So, you know, this is what happens when it's the same thing that happened with Pence. This guy who's total sycophant totally loyal to Donald, crosses him once. And the reason he crosses him is, one, for his safety. Yep. Because, you know, Engel doesn't know if there are people armed with 
AK-47s or AR-15s. Well, actually, they did know there were people armed. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is they don't know that the people with these weapons oh, yes. aren't going to go after Donald, first of That's all. That's true. And secondly, <laughs> he can't say, sure, I'll drive you to a constitutional crisis where you're... So <laughs> he gets thwarted by an underling and he tries fucking choke him i mean come on <laughs> it's totally believable yeah of course it's totally believable like i said i spent four he told me to see some of the faces he made to me it was that he always <laughs> reminded me of like a spoiled rotten little kid I, i've got a picture of him going you know making that face as and telling me to sit down when i asked him something it may have been when i asked him if he was gonna you know admit that he lost the election which he never did um yeah, he's really uh, good at pouting he yeah well and but like you said that's one part of the other part of him enjoys a bit of a, a row with people he thinks he can control or people that he thinks he, he can lord over and that Which was the press was every but it was everybody yeah i, I mean, mean yeah yeah who, you're right you know and this is this is this will be a great american tragedy no matter how long American democracy survives if it survives at least uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> this, yeah. The stain is indelible. The fact that this man, this, I forget the adjectives. We know that this man was in the white house was literally the leader of the free world. The most powerful person on the planet is such an abomination. Everybody was in the, was in the category you just mentioned. Yes. Yes, they yeah. And, and you know what? Mean, the Jim the, Jordan, Pat Cipollone, John Eastman, Rudy Giuliani, Mike Flynn, any of these freaks traveling in his uh, Wild West show got to go down. But what's really interesting is that in his mind, in Donald's mind, that's always been the case. Mm -hmm. But yeah. you know, that's because as I said earlier, other people found him useful for whatever reason starting with my grandfather. And then it became real. Right. <laughs> you know, he really was the most powerful person. It's astonishing. So we should not be surprised that he abused that power. I was speaking to, a, it was John Dean that I was talking to today for, for an article I was writing. And he said that um, one of the reasons why we ended up with Donald Trump was because of the antiquated electoral college. Uh, Absolutely. So, you agree? You think it ought to be abolished? Oh my God, it should never have come into existence. It is a racist mechanism by which slave states were given more representation than non-slave states. I mean, it's an utter absurdity. It literally, <laughs> I mean, the Electoral College is in existence because slave states wanted to count black people as three-fifths of a person in terms of taxation and also for the benefit of population, so they would have more representation. It's un—it's unspeakable that this thing still exists. And I would also say that, um, you know, as one of my friends, who's a who's a First Amendment attorney, said, the founders were a bunch of idiots because the Senate is one of the, well, actually, right now, this this particular Supreme Court is the least democratic or the most anti-democratic institution in America. But the Senate is- But totally they are filled with uh, with very conservative religious folk. 
yeah, I, they just they're obliterating the uh, establishment cause. But in the Senate, it's allegedly split 50-50. Those 50 Republicans represent like 41 million fewer Americans than the 50 Democrats. That is not fair. That does that is not democratic, you know. So when you put that on top of the fact that um, it's a tyranny of the minority. What is it? Five five of the current Supreme Court justices were appointed by, you know, people in the White House because I can't use that word to describe Donald, but people in the Oval Office who lost a popular vote. It's insane. Well, I would say five of the. of the justices on the Supreme Court are morons and leave it at that. But that, <laughs> but <laughs> well, there's yeah. more we could say, but yeah. Let's yes, see. you are correct. And, and uh, I wanted to touch on another uh, subject and that was the big news of the week. And that was, you know, the ruling in the Supreme Court, which set women's rights back. And here's how I framed it. And tell me if this makes sense to you and your thoughts. In 1920, 1921, women got the right to vote. 50 years later, they got Roe v. Wade. 50 years after that, they lost Roe v. Wade. We're back where we were then. What if 50 years after women won the right to vote, they lost it? That's uh, To me, that's the essence of what occurred in, in this decision in the Supreme Court. And it's frightening in its scope. I think part of the problem is that a lot of people don't realize how recently women have had certain rights. Um, right. You know, what was it in the 70s? Up until the 70s, women couldn't get a credit card without their husband's co-signing. It wasn't until the 90s that marital rape was declared to be an actual crime. So so up until the 90s, it was totally fine for men to rape their wives. I mean... This no, is, no, it was. It wasn't even. It was men couldn't rape their wives. Whatever well, they did. Point. Sorry, it, yeah. you're right. You're right. They could just have sex with them, even yeah. if the woman did. Yes, that's a really good clarification. Yeah. So, it is. Um, it's. I don't. It's. It's indescribable. Um, you know, especially as somebody with a daughter who's twenty, and there you go. You know, how does somebody, and and don't get me wrong, Gen Z is paying attention. But on the other hand, how do you grapple with the fact that you had a right that I'm sure you took for granted, right? And suddenly it's not there anymore. Like, how do you understand that? And it's it goes way beyond the right to have an abortion. Um, Right. It goes straight to your ability as a human being to make decisions about your life for yourself. And think about this, Brian. And when I I spoke to my daughter about this after the decision was handed down, she said, you know, my friends, uh, she's going to be a senior next year, but her friends who are graduating are suddenly having to revise the list of states they can live in and get jobs in. That's frightening. That is frightening. The idea that, yeah, well, but you know who is going to, you know, who's going to benefit from this progressive states, you know, who's going to suffer because of this, the poorer states, the red states, they made this decision. Rich people will always be able to get an abortion. This isn't a problem for, you know, and so Miller, when she came out and said, this is a triumph for white life. She's an idiot. 
they're creating by by default creating more of the people they hate it's going to be immigrants poor people white black and brown that won't be able to uh, have an abortion and that will struggle with it and there will be more people on the planet and there will be more violence because there'll be less education and it'll be a bigger problem for the poor but i don't think they ever look down that road they just go it's round jesus they don't care they don't yeah well that's true they don't care if you live or die they, they don't. And and you know what? They don't care if they do either because they don't wear masks. They don't believe in vaccines. They're totally cool with having AK-47s everywhere on the planet. They're, these people are insane, quite frankly. And, um, you know, I think what we can't lose sight of is that this is about family planning. This affects men just as much. We need to make sure that we control this narrative because the Republicans have been controlling the fact that they've been allowed to get away with calling themselves pro-life. Give me a fucking break. And Without you can universal health care, you can't even come close to that. Seriously. Pro-death yeah. penalty, pro-war. And by the way, you know, I've heard people say they only can, they only care about the child until it's born. Bullshit. They don't you even care about that. One Republican senator who's having an affair who wouldn't pay for his mistress to get an abortion. They all would. Oh. The only person I think who would force one of her daughters to carry a, a, a baby to term, whether it was from rape or incest or just, you know, being human, Amy Coney Barrett. Everybody else is paying for an abortion. <laughs> I, I'll tell you someone who would never pay. What? I'll tell you someone who would never pay because he never paid his real estate bills either. Well, he never pays for anything, does he? It's nice that some things are consistent. Yeah. Well, you know, that's what makes life grand. A little consistent oh, yeah. now and then. <laughs> Donald Trump, the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Please exit stage left. I'm so good. Yeah, well, you know, I I grew up on that stuff. That's the sad. That's that's why other people grew up on Sesame Street. I grew up on the three stooges. And I I was an Abbott and Costello kid. I love oh I love Abbott and Costello. Who's on first? Great. My mother and I would watch Abbott and Costello movies every Sunday. And uh, of course, that was, yeah, hot uh, buttered popcorn. Yeah, that was it. It was every Sunday they came on local television back when there were, you know, like three or four channels, and that was it. Where did you grow up? Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, the wow. fine, right down the street. Hunter Thompson was a friend of my dad's, and Mitch McConnell worked with my uncle. And my uncle, when he, Mitch was the first. Uh, a first politician I interviewed outside of my own family. And when I went in to talk to him, my uncle said, listen, before you go talk to Mitch, you got to understand something. I said, what? And he goes, Mitch McConnell is about one thing. And I said, what's that? And he goes, Mitch McConnell. And that has not changed in 45 years. That's. No, he sounds like somebody else we know. Yeah. Well, Hey now. (laughs) Yeah. But uh, Mitch and I'll say bar are better at doing Donald Trump than Donald. Both of them yeah. jettisoned him and threw him yep. under the bus before they could, Absolutely. before Donald could throw them under the bus. That is that, so sad, but true. And yeah. that and just tells you, it just tells you though, 
how they want this to play out. Yes. Wasn't us. Of course yeah. not. My ass isn't hanging out in the breeze. That's all Donald. And Donald, meanwhile, is trying to blame, you know, Rudy. Rudy, give him those figures. Go ahead. Give the man what he wants. You know, knowing full well that none of it exists. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean. Rudy's that hair dye will, you know, will, will protect him. I, I just, I, I don't know how people bought it. I, I don't, I, you know, I don't. I, I, I. And you know what, Brian? I think that 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 is a question we need to answer. Um, yeah. And we need to spend a lot of time thinking about that. And I think some of it is um, the fault of the media and the yes. ways in which we've allowed media to be siloed. So you're never hearing any, you know, contradictory. The fact that we don't have straight news anymore, really. That's the um, best plug for my new book that I've heard in a long time. God love you. <laughs> but it's true. Everybody it needs is. to read this book. Seriously. Yeah. Um, so there was something very important about having what well, we had, as you said, we had three major networks and PBS public broadcasting, right. and they gave us the news. Yes. There was no opinion. There was no commentary. It's just, this well, is it was labeled and before. it was brief. If it was, if it were, if you saw an opinion, it was a one man's opinion. Right. It was labeled as opinion. It was a two minute piece. It wasn't, eight minutes to 20 minutes of talking heads of people spouting bullshit and, and they're right. going never solving anything and, and acting as if every opinion is equal. I'm sorry. I, I, I they're not, they, no, they just they're don't. not at all, but it was also very, it took a lot to push somebody to the point of stating their own opinion. So generally speaking, yes. they were all covering the same stories that they thought people needed to be aware of. And for example, you know, Yes, Walter Cronkite, at, when it became clear that the Vietnam War was something that should not be happening, stated that. But that was very rare. It yes. was just the straight news. We don't have that anymore. And he anymore. had the gravitas to do it because right. he had the background as a reporter since World War II. Right. He was trusted. And when he said things, it was ba you know based in fact. So when he, at the end of that documentary about the Vietnam War, said, in this reporter's opinion. Now, he started out with that. In this reporter's opinion, this will have to be a negotiated piece. It, we can't win the war in Vietnam. People took it as it was the, his opinion. However, we knew that his opinion had weight. Today, yeah. you have reporters in the White House press corps that have never worked anywhere else. Their right. opinions don't have weight, and we act right. as if they do, and we put them on television, and we discuss it as if we have the gravitas of a Walter Cronkite, and we actually have the gravitas of a Donald Trump. We're full right. of shit. And they act as if the point is to express their opinion. That's yes. The Cover the fucking yes. news. Yeah, just, just what happened. <laughs> what the hell happened? <laughs> what a concept. Well, there may have been a wreck, but in my opinion, it's a bad day here, John. Let's go live. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean. It's it's quite insane. And so, you know, the media is an issue, the, the decline of local news and local newspapers, but also the fact that we don't teach civics, which is another reason I think that the hearings are are um, delivering a service like people a are learning things lesson. that they probably yeah. didn't understand about how this government works. 
Uh, we don't teach media literacy. We don't teach critical thinking. All of those things need to happen because, you know, Republicans know that their biggest enemy is um, an informed electorate. So they yeah, want to keep yeah. us ignorant. Yeah. And we can't do that. You know, Democrats need to change the narrative across the board, whether it's about, you know, um, women's rights, uh, women's equality, or media, or how we um, process information. They need to take over because the Republicans seriously, like one of the reasons they put up with Donald is because they knew he would accelerate one, the divisions, but two, um, the ignorance of people because he made it seem like being ignorant was better than being informed because being yeah. informed, they connected being informed with being an elite liberal snob. It's cool to be a dumbass. Don't be a smart nerd. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, boy. So here's here's my question. I you know I can't I I honest to God I walk into the the White House I'd never Playboy hey Playboy he would never call me by my name. So here's my last question for you. Uh, he's going to show up in Anchorage, Alaska soon for a for a rally, dear Donald. That's a short flight from Anchorage. <laughs> right? It's yeah. a short flight from Anchorage to uh, Russia. <laughs> you think that's where he's Donald, headed next? Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> let him go. Is that so? If he wants to flee to Russia, let him go. No, he needs to be in prison for the rest of his life, and he needs to return. <laughs> I had you there for company. a second. <laughs> but you know, exile to North Korea wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> I think, honest to God, I think the best future for Donald Trump would be to be in Otisville, where. Cohen was in in a in an eight by ten cell, like as in isolation with a broken window and a broken toilet and broken sink, and no having mirror. no mirror, right, and no contact with the outside world. That would be the worst for him. Well, it would. You know why? Because he would have no attention. No, because he and I. I mean this seriously. He would cease to exist. Well, that's a plug for it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, that, right. no, but I mean, psychologically. He would cease to exist. Yeah. Interesting. God bless. That's that's deeper than I, than, <laughs> I mean, that's dark. Is it what is that dark. Is. And yeah. it's, it also happens to be true. Um, even, you know, even better. <laughs> he needs the reflection. He needs, he needs the attention. And there's literally... You know, so what's his choice? What he's going to contemplate his existence? He's going to examine, you know, his life. He's going to read writing things. haiku and poetry. No, it's not. That is not happening. Uh -oh, so, uh -oh. well, on is, that wonderful note, on that, that <laughs> on that wonderful upbeat. Tell note. me a joke, please. That was that was so dark. But it's yeah. Let's Sorry, guys. Sorry. Of an unladen swallow. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> Let's all go watch Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, there you go. Fun. That's that's all. That's what I need right now. <laughs> Listen, Mary, it's always a pleasure. I, I I so enjoy you. You know I love you, and I I appreciate everything that you do. So uh, oh, I in, love you too. I'm so happy to have been here, and I'm so happy that you've been joining uh, oh, all of us because I I'm not fun. kidding. I don't think I could get through these hearings alone, and having all of you 
with me on the journey has kind of made it possible. So thank you. Once again, your uh, show is the Mary. Go ahead, Mary. It, it, your plug. It's the Mary Trump show at youtube.com slash Politicon. And uh, we have shows Tuesdays and Thursdays at the Thursday show is at 7 p.m. Eastern. The Tuesday show, um, it might be changing time, so I don't want to say, but just, you know, go to the page and uh, you'll see what's up. I'm, I drop new videos all the time. I did. I just did a short about uh, um, the origin story of uh, Donald's associating humiliation with throwing food. So you might find well, that. In. That would be fun. <laughs> and the name of this show is Just Ask the Question. The book is called Free the Press. That's available wherever fine books are sold. And if you go to Amazon.com, you can also see the documentary we put together called Six Feet Apart about the first uh, weeks of the uh, pandemic and the lockdown and, and a couple of wonderful exchanges with your loving uncle about his stupidity during the COVID crisis, including a <laughs> an interview where he, when asked if he could do better, he called all the reporters a bunch of idiots and <laughs> claimed there would not be a lot of infections and it was all over with that worked out well that worked out well (laughs) thanks eric for being here the show is just ask a question i am your host brian karam we'll catch you next time in this modern age of misinformation and deceit just ask the questions newsletter cuts through the bs and gets to the truth with Brian's in-depth articles, columns, and exclusive content not found anywhere else. Get the scoop and stay in the know. Sign up for the Just Ask the Question newsletter now at substack.com slash J-A-T-Q podcast.